chapter nine part one of the life of washington volume three by john marshall this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter nine part one transactions in south carolina and georgia defeat of ferguson lord cornwallis enters north carolina retreats out of that state major wemyss defeated by sumter tarleton repulsed green appointed to the command of the southern army arrives in camp detaches morgan over the catawba battle of the cowpens lord cornwallis drives green through north carolina into virginia he retires to hillsborough green recrosses the dan loyalists under colonel pyle cut to pieces battle of guilford lord cornwallis retires to ramsey's mills to wilmington green advances to ramsey's mills determines to enter south carolina lord cornwallis resolves to march to virginia seventeen eighty in the south lord cornwallis after having nearly demolished the american army at camden found himself under the necessity of suspending for a few weeks the new career of conquest on which he had intended to enter his army was enfeebled by sickness as well as by action the weather was intensely hot and the stores necessary for an expedition into north carolina had not been brought from charleston transactions in south carolina and georgia in addition a temper so hostile to the british interests had lately appeared in south carolina as to make it unsafe to withdraw any considerable part of his force from that state until he should subdue the spirit of insurrection against his authority exertions were made in other parts of the state not inferior to those of sumter in the northwest colonel marion who had been compelled by the wounds he received in charleston to retire into the country had been promoted by governor rutledge to the rank of a brigadier-general as the army of gates approached south carolina he had entered the northeastern parts of that state with only sixteen men had penetrated into the country as far as the santee and was successfully rousing the well-affected inhabitants to arms when the defeat of the sixteenth of august chilled the growing spirit of resistance which he had contributed to increase with the force he had collected he rescued about one hundred and fifty continental troops who had been captured at camden and were on their way to charleston though compelled for a short time to leave the state he soon returned to it and at the head of a few spirited men made repeated excursions from the swamps and marshes in which he concealed himself and skirmished successfully with the militia who had joined the british standard and the small parties of regulars by whom they were occasionally supported his talents as a partisan added to his knowledge of the country enabled him to elude every attempt to seize him and such was his humanity as well as respect for the laws that no violence or outrage was ever attributed to the party under his command the interval between the victory of the sixteenth of august and the expedition into north carolina was employed in quelling what was termed the spirit of revolt in south carolina the efforts of the people to recover their independence were considered as new acts of rebellion and were met with a degree of severity which policy was supposed to dictate but which gave a keener edge to their resentments which civil discord never fails to engender several of the most active militiamen who had taken protections as british subjects and entered into the british militia having been afterwards found in arms and made prisoners at camden were executed as traitors orders were given to officers commanding at different posts to proceed in the same manner against persons of a similar description and these orders were in many instances carried into execution a proclamation was issued for sequestering the estates of all those inhabitants of the province not included in the capitulation of charleston who were in the service or acting under the authority of congress and of all those who by an open avowal of what were termed rebellious principles 
or by other notorious acts should manifest a wicked and desperate perseverance in opposing the re-establishment of royal authority while taking these measures to break the spirit of independence lord cornwallis was indefatigable in urging his preparations for the expedition into north carolina the day after the battle near camden emissaries had been dispatched into that state for the purpose of inviting the friends of the british government to take up arms meanwhile the utmost exertions were continued to embody the people of the country as a british militia and major ferguson was employed in the district of ninety six to train the most loyal inhabitants and to attach them to his own corps after being employed for some time in ninety six he was directed to enter the western parts of north carolina for the purpose of embodying the royalists in that quarter the route marked out for the main army was from camden through the settlement of the waxhaws to charlottetown in north carolina on the eighth of september lord cornwallis moved from camden and reached charlotte late in that month where he expected to be joined by ferguson but in attempting to meet him ferguson was arrested by an event as important as it was unexpected colonel clark a refugee from georgia had formed a plan for the reduction of augusta which was defended only by a few provincials under the command of lieutenant colonel brown september about the time lord cornwallis commenced his march from camden clark advanced against augusta at the head of a body of irregulars whom he had collected in the frontiers of north and south carolina and invested that place brown made a vigorous defence and the approach of lieutenant colonel kruger with a reinforcement from ninety six compelled clark to relinquish the enterprise and to save himself by a rapid retreat intelligence of the transactions at augusta was given to ferguson who to favor the design of intercepting clark moved nearer the mountains and remained longer in that country than had been intended this delay proved fatal to him it gave an opportunity to several volunteer corps to unite and to constitute a formidable force the hardy mountaineers inhabiting the extreme western parts of virginia and north carolina assembled on horseback with their rifles under colonels campbell mcdowell cleveland shelby and sevier and moved with their accustomed velocity towards ferguson on receiving notice of their approach that officer commenced his march for charlotte dispatching at the same time different messengers to lord cornwallis with information of his danger these messengers being intercepted no movement was made to favor his retreat when within about sixteen miles of gilbert town where ferguson was then supposed to lie colonel mcdowell deputed to gates with a request that he would appoint a general officer to command them and in the meantime colonel campbell of virginia was chosen for that purpose on reaching gilbert town and finding that the british had commenced their retreat it was determined to follow them with the utmost celerity at the cowpens this party was joined by colonels williams tracy and brannan of south carolina with about four hundred men who also gave information respecting the distance and situation of their enemy about nine hundred choice men were selected by whom the pursuit was continued through the night and through a heavy rain and the next day about three in the afternoon they came within view of ferguson who finding that he must be overtaken had determined to await the attack on king's mountain and was encamped on its summit a ridge five or six hundred yards long and sixty or seventy wide october seven the americans who had arranged themselves into three columns the right commanded by colonel sevier and major winston the centre by colonels campbell and shelby and the left by colonels cleveland and williams immediately rushed to the assault the attack was commenced by the centre while the two wings gained the flanks of the british line and in about five minutes the action became general ferguson made several impetuous charges with the bayonet which against riflemen were necessarily successful 
but before any one of them could completely disperse the corps against which it was directed the heavy and destructive fire of the others who pressed him on all sides called off his attention to other quarters and the broken corps was rallied and brought back to the attack in the course of these successive repulses the right and centre had become intermingled and were both by one furious charge of the bayonet driven almost to the foot of the mountain with some difficulty they were rallied and again brought into the action upon which the british in turn gave way and were driven along the summit of the ridge on cleveland and williams who still maintained their ground on the left defeated ferguson in this critical state of the action ferguson received a mortal wound and instantly expired the courage of his party fell with him and quarter was immediately demanded the action continued rather more than an hour in this sharp action one hundred and fifty of ferguson's party were killed on the spot and about the same number were wounded eight hundred and ten of whom one hundred were british troops were made prisoners and fifteen hundred stand of excellent arms were taken the americans fought under cover of trees and their loss was inconsiderable but among the slain was colonel williams who was greatly and justly lamented as cruelty generally begets cruelty the example set by the british at camden was followed and ten of the most active of the royalists were selected from the prisoners and hung upon the spot the victorious mountaineers having accomplished the object for which they assembled returned to their homes lord cornwallis retreats out of north carolina the destruction of this party arrested the progress of lord cornwallis in north carolina and inspired serious fears for the posts in his rear he retreated to winsboro between camden and ninety six where he waited for reinforcements from new york the victory obtained on the sixteenth of august having suggested views of more extensive conquest in the south sir henry clinton had determined to send a large reinforcement to the southern army in the opinion that lord cornwallis could meet with no effectual resistance in the carolinas he had ordered the officer commanding this reinforcement to enter the chesapeake in the first instance and to take possession of the lower parts of virginia after which he was to obey the orders he should receive from lord cornwallis to whom a copy of his instructions had been forwarded the detachment amounted to near three thousand men under the command of general leslie it sailed on the sixth of october and entering james river after a short passage took possession of the country on the south side as high as suffolk after a short time leslie drew in his outposts and began to fortify portsmouth at this place he received orders from lord cornwallis to repair to charleston by water while cornwallis waited at winsboro for this reinforcement the light corps of his army were employed in suppressing the parties which were rising in various quarters of the country in opposition to his authority marion had become so formidable as to endanger the communication between camden and charleston tarleton was detached against him and marion was under the necessity of concealing himself in the swamps from the unavailing pursuit of him through marshes which were scarcely penetrable tarleton was called to a different quarter where an enemy supposed to be entirely vanquished had reappeared in considerable force sumter had again assembled a respectable body of mounted militia at the head of which he advanced towards the post occupied by the british on receiving intelligence of his approach earl cornwallis formed a plan for surprising him in his camp on broad river the execution of which was committed to major wemyss that officer marched from winsboro at the head of a regiment of infantry and about forty dragoons reached the camp of sumter several hours before day and immediately charged the out piquet which made but a slight resistance major wemyss attacks and is defeated by sumter only five shots are said to have been fired but from these wemyss received two dangerous wounds which had disabled him from the performance of his duty 
the assailants fell into confusion and were repulsed with the loss of their commanding officer and about twenty men after this action sumter crossed broad river and having formed a junction with clark and brannan threatened ninety six alarmed for the safety of that post earl cornwallis recalled tarleton and ordered him to proceed against sumter so rapid was his movement that he had nearly gained the rear of his enemy before notice of his return was received in the night preceding the day on which he expected to effect his purpose a deserter apprised sumter of the approaching danger and that officer began his retreat tarleton pursuing with his usual rapidity overtook the rear guard at the fort of the ennery and cut it to pieces after which fearing that sumter would save himself by passing the tiger he pressed forward with as he states about two hundred and eighty cavalry and mounted infantry and in the afternoon came within view of the americans who were arranged in order for battle sumter had reached the banks of the tiger when the firing of his vedettes announced the approach of his enemy he immediately posted his troops to great advantage on a steep eminence having their rear and part of their right flank secured by the river and their left covered by a barn of logs into which a considerable number of his men were thrown tarleton without waiting for his infantry or for a field-piece left with them in his rear rushed to the charge with his usual impetuosity after several ineffectual attempts to dislodge the americans he retired from the field with great precipitation and disorder leaving ninety-two dead and one hundred wounded after remaining in possession of the ground for a few hours sumter who was severely wounded in the action crossed the tiger after which his troops dispersed his loss was only three killed and four wounded availing himself of the subsequent retreat and dispersion of the american militia tarleton denominated this severe check a victory while congress in a public resolution voted their thanks to general sumter and the militia he commanded for this and other services which had been previously rendered the shattered remains of the army defeated near camden had been slowly collected at hillsborough and great exertions were made to reorganize and reinforce it the whole number of continental troops in the southern army amounted to about fourteen hundred men on receiving intelligence that lord cornwallis had occupied charlotte gates detached smallwood to the yadkin with directions to post himself at the ford of that river and to take command of all the troops in that quarter of the country the more effectually to harass the enemy a light corps was selected from the army and placed under the command of morgan now a brigadier-general as lord cornwallis retreated gates advanced to charlotte smallwood encamped lower down the catawba on the road to camden and morgan was pushed forward some distance in his front in the expectation that farther active operations would be postponed until the spring gates intended to pass the winter in this position such was the arrangement of the troops when their general was removed november five on the fifth of november without any previous indications of dissatisfaction congress passed a resolution requiring the commander-in-chief to order a court of inquiry on the conduct of general gates as commander of the southern army and to appoint some other officer to that command until the inquiry should be made green appointed to the command of the southern army washington without hesitation selected green for that important and difficult service in a letter to congress recommending him to their support he mentioned general green as an officer in whose abilities fortitude and integrity from a long and intimate experience of them he had the most entire confidence to mr matthews a delegate from south carolina he said you have your wish in the officer appointed to the southern command i think i am giving you a general but what can a general do without men without arms without clothing without stores without provisions about the same time the legion of lee was ordered into south carolina 
arrives in camp green hastened to the army he was to command and on the second of december reached charlotte then its headquarters soon after his arrival in camp he was gratified with the intelligence of a small piece of good fortune obtained by the address of lieutenant colonel washington smallwood having received information that a body of royal militia had entered the country in which he foraged for the purpose of intercepting his wagons detached morgan and washington against them intelligence of morgan's approach being received the party retreated but colonel washington being able to move with more celerity than the infantry resolved to make an attempt on another party which was stationed at rugeley's farm within thirteen miles of camden he found them posted in a logged barn strongly secured by abatis and inaccessible to cavalry force being of no avail he resorted to the following stratagem having painted the trunk of a pine and mounted it on a carriage so as to resemble a field-piece he paraded it in front of the enemy and demanded a surrender the whole party consisting of one hundred and twelve men with colonel rugeley at their head alarmed at the prospect of a cannonade surrendered themselves prisoners of war detaches morgan over the catawba to narrow the limits of the british army and to encourage the inhabitants green detached morgan west of the catawba with orders to take a position near the confluence of the pacolet with the broad river his party consisted of rather more than three hundred chosen continental troops commanded by lieutenant colonel howard of maryland of washington's regiment of light dragoons amounting to about eighty men and of two companies of militia from the northern and western parts of virginia commanded by captains triplet and tate which were composed almost entirely of old continental soldiers he was also to be joined on broad river by seven or eight hundred volunteers and militia commanded by general davidson and by colonels clark and few after making this detachment green for the purpose of entering a more plentiful country advanced lower down the padie and encamped on its east side opposite the Cheraw hills lord cornwallis remained at winsboro preparing to commence active operations so soon as he should be joined by leslie the position he occupied on the padie was about seventy miles from winsboro and towards the north of east from that place the detachment commanded by morgan had taken post at grindle's ford on the pacolet one of the south forks of broad river not quite fifty miles northwest of winsboro the active courage of his troops and the enterprising temper of their commander rendered him extremely formidable to the parties of royal militia who were embodying in that quarter of the country supposing morgan to have designs on ninety six lord cornwallis detached lieutenant colonel tarleton with his legion part of two regiments of infantry and a corps of artillery with two field pieces consisting altogether of about one thousand men across the broad river to cover that important post as he lay between green and morgan he was desirous of preventing their junction and of striking at one of them while unsupported by the other to leave it uncertain against which division his first effort would be directed he ordered leslie to halt at camden until the preparations for entering north carolina should be completed having determined to penetrate into that state by the upper route he put his army in motion and directed his course northwestward between the catawba and broad rivers leslie was directed to move up the banks of the former and to join him on the march and tarleton was ordered to strike at morgan should that officer escape tarleton the hope was entertained that he might be intercepted by the main army high waters delayed cornwallis and leslie longer than had been expected but tarleton overcame the same obstacles and reached morgan before a correspondent progress was made by the other divisions seventeen eighty one january fourteen 
the combined movements of the british army were communicated to general morgan on the fourteenth of january perceiving the insecurity of his own position he retired across the pacolet the fords over which he was desirous of defending but a passage of that river being effected at a ford about six miles below him he made a precipitate retreat and on the evening on of the same day his pursuers occupied the camp he had abandoned morgan retired to the cowpens where he determined to risk a battle sixteenth it was believed that he might have crossed the broad river or have reached a mountainous country which was also near him before he could have been overtaken and the superiority of his adversary was so decided as to induce his best officers to think that every effort ought to be made to avoid an engagement but morgan had great and just confidence in himself and in his troops he was unwilling to fly from an enemy not so decidedly his superior as to render it madness to fight him and he also thought that if he should be overtaken while his men were fatigued in retreating the probability of success would be much less than if he should exhibit the appearance of fighting from choice these considerations determined him to halt earlier than was absolutely necessary battle of the cowpens talton having left his baggage under a strong guard with orders not to move until break of day recommenced the pursuit at three in the morning before day morgan was informed of his approach and prepared to receive him although censured by many for having determined to fight and by some for the ground he chose all admit the judgment with which his disposition was made on an eminence in an open wood he drew up his continental troops and triplet's corps deemed equal to continentals amounting to between four and five hundred men who were commanded by lieutenant-colonel howard in their rear on the descent of the hill lieutenant-colonel washington was posted with his cavalry and a small body of mounted georgia militia commanded by major mccall as a corps de reserve on these two corps rested his hopes of victory and with them he remained in person the front line was composed entirely of militia under the command of colonel pickens major mcdowell with a battalion of north carolina volunteers and major cunningham with a battalion of georgia volunteers were advanced about one hundred and fifty yards in front of this line with orders to give a single fire as the enemy approached and then to fall back into the intervals which were left for them in the centre of the first line the militia not being expected to maintain their ground long were ordered to keep up a retreating fire by regiments until they should pass the continental troops on whose right they were directed again to form his whole force as stated by himself amounted to only eight hundred men soon after this disposition was made the british van appeared in sight confident of a cheap victory tarleton formed his line of battle and his troops rushed forward with great impetuosity shouting as they advanced after a single well-directed fire mcdowell and cunningham fell back on colonel pickens who after a short but warm conflict retreated into the rear of the second line the british pressed forward with great eagerness and though received by the continental troops with a firmness unimpaired by the rout of the front line continued to advance soon after the action with the continental troops had commenced tarleton ordered up his reserve perceiving that the enemy extended beyond him both on the right and left and that on the right especially his flank was on the point of being turned howard ordered the company on his right to change its front so as to face the british on that flank from some mistake in the officer commanding this company it fell back instead of fronting the enemy upon which the rest of the line supposing a change of ground for the whole to have been directed began to retire in perfect order at this moment general morgan rode up and directed the infantry to retreat over the summit of the hill about one hundred yards to the cavalry this judicious but hazardous movement was made in good order and extricated the flanks from immediate danger 
believing the fate of the day to be decided the british pressed on with increased ardor and in some disorder and when the americans halted were within thirty yards of them the orders then given by howard to face the enemy were executed as soon as they were received and the whole line poured in a fire as deadly as it was unexpected some confusion appearing in the ranks of the enemy howard seized the critical moment and ordered a charge with the bayonet these orders were instantly obeyed and the british line was broken at the same moment the detachment of cavalry on the british right was routed by washington the militia of pickens who rode to the ground had tied their horses in the rear of howard's left when the front line was broken many of them fled to their horses and were closely pursued by the cavalry who while the continental infantry were retiring passed their flank and were cutting down the scattered militia in their rear washington who had previously ordered his men not to fire a pistol now directed them to charge the british cavalry with drawn swords a sharp conflict ensued but it was not of long duration the british were driven from the ground with considerable slaughter and were closely pursued both howard and washington pressed the advantage they had respectively gained until the artillery and great part of the infantry had surrendered so sudden was the defeat that a considerable part of the british cavalry had not been brought into action and though retreating remained unbroken washington followed by howard with the infantry pursued them rapidly and attacked them with great spirit but as they were superior to him in numbers his cavalry received a temporary check and in this part of the action he sustained a greater loss than in any other but the infantry coming up to support him tarleton resumed the retreat in this engagement upwards of one hundred british including ten commissioned officers were killed twenty-nine commissioned officers and five hundred privates were made prisoners eight hundred muskets two field pieces two standards thirty-five baggage wagons and one hundred dragoon horses fell into the hands of the conquerors tarleton retreated towards the headquarters of lord cornwallis then about twenty-five miles from the cowpens this complete victory cost the americans less than eighty men in killed and wounded seldom has a battle in which greater numbers were not engaged been so important in its consequences as that of the cowpens lord cornwallis was not only deprived of a fifth of his numbers but lost a most powerful and active part of his army unfortunately green was not in a condition to press the advantage the whole southern army did not much exceed two thousand men a great part of whom were militia the camp of lord cornwallis at turkey creek on the east side of broad river was as near as the cowpens to the fords at which morgan was to cross the catawba pursuit of the american army through north carolina into virginia of consequence that officer had much cause to fear that encumbered as he was with prisoners and military stores he might be intercepted before he could pass that river comprehending the full extent of his danger he abandoned the baggage he had taken in leaving his wounded under the protection of a flag detached the militia as an escort to his prisoners and brought up the rear in person with his regulars passing broad river on the evening of the day on which the battle was fought he hastened to the catawba which he crossed on the twenty-third at sherald's ford and encamped on its eastern bank january lord cornwallis employed the eighteenth in forming a junction with leslie early next morning he put his army in motion and on the twenty fifth reached ramsey's mills where the roads taken by the two armies unite at this place to accelerate his future movements he destroyed his baggage and after collecting a small supply of provisions resumed the pursuit he reached sherrill's fort in the afternoon of the twenty ninth and in the night an immense flood of rain rendered the river impassable january thirty one while morgan remained on the catawba watching the motions of the british army and endeavoring to collect the militia general green arrived and took command of the detachment in his camp on the padee opposite the Chiraw hills green had been joined by lee's legion amounting to about one hundred cavalry 
and one hundred and twenty infantry the day after his arrival he was ordered to join marion for the purpose of attempting to carry a british post at georgetown distant about seventy-five miles from the american army the fort was surprised but the success was only partial on receiving intelligence of the victory at the cowpens green detached stephen's brigade of virginia militia whose terms of service were on the point of expiring to conduct the prisoners to charlottesville and virginia and turned his whole attention to the effecting of a junction between the two divisions of his army it was principally with a view to this object that he hastened to the detachment under morgan leaving the other division to be commanded by general huger End of chapter nine part one